the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. It is Open Line Friday. And on Open Line Friday, we'll change the subject just for you. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call right now, and uh, you can just stay on topic if you'd like, or if you have something that is on your mind and you want to talk about that, or a uh, Bible question, whatever it might be, give us a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, one of the things I think that is a something that our our society has lost. It's the idea that reality has consequences. It's the idea that what you believe actually impacts decisions you make and what we as a society embrace philosophically will have impact on everything else. We, in the last hour, we talk some about debt, and sometimes we believe that we should just keep going into greater and greater debt, but we are getting into more and more crisis as a country because we're going into debt. Uh, we talked about the lottery. Maybe people uh, believe that their life would get better if they play the lottery. Some of you are playing huge amounts of money that you don't have buying lottery tickets. And you're you're wasting that money, and the chances of winning are so slim, and you're going to go broke. Some of you go broke gambling, just go into the casinos and stuff. I dealt with a guy who had to tell his wife that they lost their house to his gambling problem that she didn't know about. Uh, they stayed married somehow. But, uh, you know, see, reality is always persistent. Reality bats last. Reality is something you cannot ignore, and that's true in the physical world. It's also true in the spiritual world. I believe that there is a God, and I believe that there is a God who cares, a God who knows who we are, a God who has a plan, a God who is directing history. And uh, you can deny all that if you want to, but, but one of us is right. And, uh, you know, being right on that subject is going to matter for all of eternity. And, you know, I'm going to take some calls here, and that's uh, one of the things that I'm interested in talking about this hour. Uh, But we will talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Some people have uh, some thoughts uh, that we've been talking about uh, here in just a minute. Uh, Let's go to Joe in Pasadena. Joe, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Mr. Farrow, I love your show, man. Oh, thank you, Joe. How are you? I've listened to this station since 1986 continuously, and I enjoy it. Oh, well, thank you. It's one program, but it's not a Christian program. Listen, the reason I'm calling, I heard the young lady call in a while ago regarding the 144,000. Yeah. That did apply to the 12 tribes. However, if she keep reading, she also see that was a number that no man can number. So it was not just the Jews. It was... Yeah, that's a, and, and sometimes people get stuck on that, think that it is only 144,000, but it's not. That's right. It's, it's, it's 144,000 plus a number that no man can number. Secondly, that's right. the other question she asked about the uh, promise to the Jews. After the flood, God had to get his word back into the earth. 
So they found a man that was a heathen man named Abraham that believed God. He was the first Jew, Abraham was. And God made covenant promises with him, and not only to the Jewish people, but the Scripture says in Galatians, all those who believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and heirs according to the promise of Abraham. So when we believe in Jesus, all the promises that God made to Abraham fall on the, the Gentiles, even though we are Christians. So we don't need to get hung up on uh, is God favorable to the Jews. God is favorable to the world. John three sixteen said, He so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes. So it doesn't just apply to Jews. Well, it's right. applies to those who have a tender heart, who make Jesus shed his blood, death, burial, and resurrection, Lord and Savior. And we are in that covenant of Abraham, and we will be saved. There is great hope in knowing that there is a multitude that nobody could count. That's what John saw of people who get saved. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, you know, and I think that, uh, Joe, thank you for your call and uh, for adding those details. In the last hour, we had a caller who had this question about uh, the chosen people and what that meant. We talked about that for a little while. And, you know, I think something that we always want to come back to is the hope that we have in Christ is that his death on the cross is sufficient to pay for your sins and for mine, and that his promises are true, and that if you believe in him, you get everlasting life. It's such a wonderful thing because it changes the world. You know, something that, uh, I'll just share something personal with you. Today is the one-year anniversary of my mother-in-law's passing. She went to be with Jesus a year ago today. And it's a hard day. It's a hard day, especially for my wife. It's a hard day for my kids and, and grandma, just something that we remember she was living with us. And so it's uh, it, was a, it was a big day. And, uh, you know, we know she's with the Lord. And, you know, the scriptures don't tell us not to grieve. It says, don't grieve like the rest, like the heathen do, who have no hope. And uh, we grieve, but at the same time, she's so much better off because we have this hope. We have hope that when you go be with Jesus, that everything is made right. And we have hope that you get to go be with Jesus, not because you earned it. My mother-in-law was a, you know, great lady, but, uh, you know, she she was a sinner. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as mother-in-laws tend to be. No, she was a sinner and she was wonderful, but Jesus died for her and she knew that. And that's why today, even as we remember her and we have grief we also have hope and we have joy. You know, when you go to a funeral and uh, somebody says, well, we'll see them again one day. Uh, that's something that you say sometimes because you want people to feel better. But the thing is, is that's only true if Jesus came up out of the grave, that we'll see them again one day. It's only true if they believe that. It's only true if Jesus defeated death. And the fact that he defeated death, that there is no victory in death, that there is victory in Jesus is a wonderful thing. That's our hope. And all the stuff, all the things that we're worried about, all the things that are hard in this life and the, the concerns that we have and the fears that we have, gosh, we are, we are living in the most fearful time. We don't have to be afraid of anything because we got Jesus. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen to you if you know Jesus, the absolute worst thing that will ever happen to you is you will die and go be with Jesus forever. And that's a pretty good deal. There might be hard things on the way. You know, I don't, I don't want to die because I don't want to leave my family in that situation or my kids without a father. That's what I think about with death. But for myself, I actually look forward to it. You know, the scriptures tell us to die is gain. You know, I don't look forward to the process of dying. I don't mean that. I look forward to being with Jesus. I look forward to that moment where I am with him. I don't want to do it right now because I want to be here for my kids 
right? And for my wife, and I want to, you know, I want us to grow old together and all of those things. Whatever the Lord's plan is, though, is going to be right for that. But at the end of the day, we get eternity with Jesus, and uh, that's our hope. And we, we don't earn that. Jesus earned it in our place. And that's wonderful because uh, we're pretty messed up otherwise. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. And we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about on uh, Open Line Friday. Whatever it is on your mind, give us a call. Beverly and Linwood, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, I wanted to know about the national debt. Who do we owe, and how does the interest apply to that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And uh, we owe some of it to ourselves. People uh, invest in the government, right? You can buy treasury bonds, and you can buy, basically, you loan the government money. That's what a lot of people do with investments and other things. And other countries will also uh, buy those bonds. So the reason, for example, that we owe uh, China money is because China has invested in our country, and they make money as our economy grows. And people who invest in the government, the government pays uh, interest uh, to people who invest. It's a relatively, uh, it's a very safe investment, actually, unless the government defaults. Uh, unless the, uh, you know, that's the danger of the debt ultimately, is if at some point we aren't paying our bills, uh, then the American people will suffer because they're going to lose. Uh, other countries will will suffer or maybe go to war or other things uh, because they will lose. Um, so that's how it works. It's The government does not just have money magically that it can spend on things. It is... It is taking money from the taxpayers and everything else it has. It's taking from uh, people loaning the government money. And most of that is Americans loaning the government money. Uh, But some of it is other governments loaning the government money. And uh, that's how it works. But it's it's getting out of control. Can the government go bankrupt? Theoretically, yes, the government could go bankrupt, and it would be a global disaster if that would happen. So is, would, they, would they be okay if they just paid, were able to pay the interest on the loans? That's mostly what we do. So a big part of the federal budget every year is they call it debt service. It's the interest on the loans. Um, wow. Yeah, and so that's that's part of the problem is that we owe so much money that that debt – uh, the interest that we pay on the debt alone is a huge amount of money. It's a huge amount of your tax-paying money. So the the problem is is that if they can't pay that interest, when you when you invest in the government, it's kind of interesting because they promise you that interest from the outs- outset. It's different where if you invest in your bank, you get paid at the end of the month. But if you invest with the government, they pay you up front. You, you don't get the money right away until the term ends of your bond or, or however you've invested it. But it's promised to you. And if you don't get it, uh, and if we're talking about trillions, right? So we're talking about everything and everybody one way or another is connected to it. Um, it's just a, it's a massive problem. So we owe billions just in interest, right? Yeah. In fact, uh, I'll probably be able to find that out here. Uh, let me see. National debt interest. See if that uh, if I see what that is. Uh, just the interest alone, Congressional Budget Office for last year, 
almost $400 billion. Wow. Um, just an in interest, right? In fact, I feel like that number is low. I might, I'll, I'll research this when I get a second, maybe in a break, and, uh, and get back to you on it. But it's, you know, the more that we owe, the more interest we're paying. Um, and it's taxpayers. It's you and me paying it. It's not, you know, this is something I think that sometimes we feel like the government can just pay for stuff. But they don't pay for anything. They have tax dollars or they go into debt. And most, I don't know if I, if I want to say most economists, but many economists believe that the reason we have so much inflation right now is because we've been overspending. And, you know, it's, it has to, the economy has to expand to meet that money that essentially we printed, that nothing's behind. And so goods and services have to get more expensive in order to support that debt. Um, and we, we've pretty much stopped talking about it. You know, it used to be a national issue every year. And if you were around in the Clinton administration, remember there was a lot of conversation about a, uh, balanced budget amendment to the constitution. And there was actually balanced the budget, um, president Clinton and, uh, the Republican Congress that came in in 1994, they actually did balance the budget. It's the last time that happened. Um, and one of the few times it happens. And there's some argument out there that's really good for why we should carry some debt. And, and, uh, but it's, it's definitely out of control. Well, thank you so much, because I was always concerned about that. And that's something that I pray about on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, just pray that we become fiscally responsible. Like whatever that means, if there's a certain amount of debt we should have, then we should have it. If we shouldn't, uh, then that's not. I'm I'm somebody who just thinks it's better to not have debt, certainly not the type of debt that we have now. Well, I know I was in a lot of debt years ago, but to get out, you do have to cut down on your spending, that's for sure. You have to cut, and that's the problem today, is that what are we going to cut? Because any cuts are going to affect people's lives, and they may not vote for you later if you do it, right? So then people are afraid to cut. <laughs> Yeah, what I'm afraid of is one day they're going to, you know, any president, Republican or Democrat, is going to come on TV and say, hey, the party's over, and uh, there's going to be massive cuts, and we're all going to feel it. Um, that day's, I think that day's too. coming. Yeah. All right, Beverly. Hey, you're welcome, Beverly. Hey, Beverly, would you like a book? We're giving away this book called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, and it's by... Uh, it's by Rabbi Kurt Schneider, and I uh, would love to send you one of those books if you would like one. I sure would. All right, would you, hold, you. Would you hold on, Beverly, and uh, we'll get your address and uh, send it to you. Just hold on, and my producer will take care of you. Okay, thank you. All right, Beverly. You know, uh, that's part of the, the reality. Uh, the debt in that subject is a lot more complicated, you know, than what I just said, but it's that's a part of it. And, you know, there, whatever the reality is with a debt, there are people out there who don't worry about it at all. Um, and they think that inflation uh, maybe is helping the debt and that over time it doesn't matter. I just feel like there's no way it doesn't matter, that every amount of debt that you owe eventually comes due. I, personally, I just feel like that's a reality, that it's going to come due. And it's going to come due hard. I was telling you in the last hour about just me being in all kinds of credit card debt. We had to cut down everything to get um, out of debt. And it was painful. And we had to sacrifice a lot. But we did it. And some of you have called and written and said that you did it. And you know what? After that, when you finally get out of it, um, you have to change your habits or you'll just get back into it again, by the way. But 
if you do that, life is better. You even feel better. You have less stress. You have just a lot more confidence. There are so many things that are a benefit of not being in debt. If you've got debt, um, you know, you're not going to pay it off just tomorrow, but start. Now's a good time and uh, get rid of it. It would be a, a wonderful thing. Uh, listen to Southern California Live. It's Open Line Friday. You can call about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You know, I think that, you know, when we talk about reality, that's a big part of it. When we talk about reality, there are there are things that are just true. And it's called ontological truth. You can't debate it. You can't um, decide that something isn't true. And that's you know, when you, we look at our, our society now, the philosophies that are um, coming into our culture, sometimes we call it the woke, you know, philosophy and stuff. But really what it is, if you get into it, is a is a postmodern, uh, there's multiple truths applied, which means if you want something to be different, then what you do is you just start to believe it's different. And if you can get a whole bunch of people to believe it's different then it will become different. And you come up with the notion that everything is a construct. So how is it, for example, that um, suddenly men can get pregnant and there's multiple genders and all of this kind of thing? It's not scientific. What is it? It's part of something that has been developing for a long time where the idea is if we just decide that men and women are societal constructs and that there really are multiple genders and you can just name your own gender and all of that. And if you want to be, if you're a man and you want to say that you're a woman, you just are. And that the culture has to treat you that way. Um, the way this works is that you're, the idea is that we're going to change what is reality. If, it, if there is a reality, if there is an ontological truth, then you couldn't be able to do that. And I believe that is, you know, there is an ontological truth. There are only men and women. And the the movements that we're having in our society are absurd. And in practice, this is why it's going crazy. In practice, that's why we we go, well, you have a, a swimmer on the woman's swim team who actually is biologically a male. And people are saying that that is okay. What happens if you, if you say that? What happens if all the, uh, all the men who could not qualify for the ladies team, for the men's team, all decide to join the women's team and every one of them is faster and a better swimmer than all of the women. And suddenly what you have uh, is a men's team and another team full of biological males who identify as women. And suddenly actual females have no sports. They are not on any team. See, that's the, that's the problem here is that in reality, we're, we are taking away opportunities for women in sports with that in ontological reality in a fake reality, we're saying we're not doing that because these men are women. And if they call themselves women, if that's what they believe, if that's what they feel, then they are women just like anybody else. And we're trying to force that reality onto the world. And that's nuts. But that is what's happening. Uh, when we get back, if uh, depending on your calls, I'll share a story about that that's going on in, uh, in San Diego right now, just kind of hit the news just of the reality of that kind of belief, but what it actually does uh, if you find yourself in conflict with it. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Rachel in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Rachel. Hi. 
So my, my, I, I have a question, actually. Um, I, have, I was having a uh, conversation with a family member. So we have a, uh, a, uh, a homosexual in the family okay. who recently got married. And um, it's the immediate family. And, uh, you know, I struggle with that. I did not attend their wedding. And thank God they didn't ask me. Mm. Um, but, you, you know, we have been getting together every Christmas since he was a baby. Um, and um, I was there this Christmas. I didn't congratulate them. I, I you know, I, I gave them a, a, a hug like I always do. Um, but I was talking with another family member who said I should not go anymore. That I should not be, um, that 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 I was um, condoning it by just being there. I don't know if she's right or am I wrong. You mean by just going to family events like Christmas time and uh, yes. just getting together? Just getting together with him and and of course you know his his whatever right. partner. No, I understand. Um, Hey, listen, it, it, I, I, you know, it, it troubled me what she said, because, you know, I mean, I didn't go to the wedding and I wouldn't have gone to the wedding. And I think he knows that. And that's why he didn't say anything. But, but he's still getting together with you or wants to get together with you at family gatherings, right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, can you hold on just through the break here? I got to take a break and I will get back to your question as soon as we get back. Rachel, would that work for you? All right, hold on, Rachel. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Southern California Live. It's open line Friday. You can call about anything you'd like, 888-528-2557. I am Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Scott Furrow here. That song you're hearing is Elvis Presley and his daughter, Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie, who passed away uh, yesterday at 54 years old. And, uh, you know, I think if you're old enough to remember Elvis or maybe if you grew up and you kind of were following her and uh, the different things that went on in her life, uh, it's hard news to hear. It really is. Got any thoughts about it? You can call me today. It's Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Before the break, we're talking to Rachel in Orange County. Rachel, you still with me? I am. Hi, Rachel. And Rachel is asking a question. Uh, and you're, you're a Christian person, Rachel, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, Try to be. Right. Well, if Jesus, if you believe Jesus died for you, then you are. And, you know... Uh, she's talking about having uh, somebody in the family who is homosexual. Is that right? Correct. And somebody's advising you to not have a relationship with them. Correct. Yeah. Uh, not not to um, not to attend any more family gatherings if they're going to be there. Yeah. You know, unless there's some other reason that uh, is apparent. You know, sometimes people are if you've got little kids and maybe you just want to. Um, you know, and there's some kind of influence going on there, you know, some kind of reason like that. I don't think it's right to get out of a relationship. Um, my view is that it's probably right that you didn't go to the wedding. And I think it's also a good sign in that relationship that he didn't feel like he needed to invite you, that 
you know, what, because a wedding is is meant to be male and female making a commitment uh, to represent Christ in the church. You know, in a, in a Christian sense, uh, right. there's symbolism that that matters greatly, uh, male and female kind of thing. That's what marriage is. You know, it's bigger than that, but for a Christian standpoint. But my feeling is that your call in the life of uh, this person is to to love them and to have a relationship with them. And I think you can do that without um, somehow saying that you condone uh, a different belief on that subject. Um, I um, I thought so, too. But uh, I was told by the family member that by just being there, I'm saying I'm okay with it. I'm not showing them that I'm I'm I don't agree with them. Um, so I was just it did it kind of bothered me. Yeah, you know I I thought am uh, who's who's wrong who's right here am I wrong? Um, you know I would say there's always don't want it. There's nuance in every situation, but from what you're telling me, I think you need to have a relationship with this person because this person needs Christ, and Christians you know we're not called to to leave. Uh, non-Christians behind or not have relationships with other people. We're called to hold on to the truth and you're, we're called to love each other. There's not a, there's not a thing that says uh, love each other, except not that group of people over there. Right. Like, yeah. Um, it breaks my heart, it, yeah. you know, to find out, uh, you know, cause we, uh, we, we raised them and, and it, it breaks my heart, but I, I just don't feel that in my heart that I could just, you know, throw them by the wayside you know, it's you shouldn't do that because Jesus isn't doing that. Okay, Jesus. Right. You know, maybe Jesus is giving him over to uh, his you know, desires of his heart, and uh, that's going to mean something for him. But it also might be something that it means repentance one day, right? And you need to be there for that moment. So I I think that you you maintain your testimony, and I think maybe you study on this, but you love this person. And, um, you know, I, there might be yeah. things that you, you don't attend together if it has a significance where you being there might mean support. The wedding would be an example, right? Right. Um, right. You know, there are certain things. But I think family gatherings, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us should be throwing people out of our family because of, of uh, their different lifestyle or, or sins. Sometimes you have to, right? Sometimes you've got an alcoholic person who's going to come to the family gathering and destroy the house because they get drunk and start tossing things, right? Sometimes there's things. Right. But if you've got a relationship and it's very clear that you have this difference of opinion about uh, how we're supposed to relate to each other, male and female, uh, I would keep that relationship, but I would also just study yourself. If you email me, I can uh, send you some some good Christian resources, maybe that'll help you uh, deal with that. There's there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's some bad stuff out there, but there's a lot of good stuff. You can email me at SoCalLive at kkla dot com. Thank you. I appreciate your um, comment, and it does make me feel a little better. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It really is tough, and it's something that is uh, just everybody's going to experience that in their family uh, these days. I think so. You know, I mean, I see her point. I really do. I do see her point, but I just didn't think either in my heart that, you know, 
um, Jesus or God would just want me to shun them and, and, and just turn my back on them. I, yeah. but I could have been wrong. So I'm really glad that I, I, I got another opinion. You know, Jesus didn't shun the tax collectors. Uh, he didn't shun people who were uh, considered the lowest in society. He ate with them and he went to their homes. Now, he didn't, he didn't compromise his beliefs. Uh, you know, he didn't pretend he was something different when he was around them. Um, but, you know, I think everybody needs to come to Christ, and they need Christians uh, to be there. Well, I appreciate yeah. that, and um, it makes me feel better, so thank you. Yeah. Hey, Rachel, I need to give away another book. Would you like a book called Messianic Prophecy Revealed by Rabbi Kurt Schneider? Sure, I would. Yeah, thank hold, you. And, you know, when, if you read that book, too, it may help you understand some of these things, right? Because the the biblical basis, this gets messed up in the cultural conversation a lot about gay marriage and about homosexuality or even other things. The, the, the biblical basis for the husband and wife being together, male and female, it's, it is about what that represents when the Old Testament, Israel and, the, and, and God, and in the New Testament, Jesus and the church, and that, you know, has continued on. It's the same thing, but that, that picture matters a lot. But the deeper you get in the Scripture, the more you understand kind of why that is. And I think it also helps, you know, I've noticed in my relationships with people who are, are gay, when I explain that, no, this is what my faith believes about what a, what a marriage is, that I'm not talking about, uh, you know, a societal contract, you know, a, a legal union. I'm talking about a representation of Christ in the church, and there's a reason there's a bride female and groom male. And, you know, that that understanding also helps bridge some gap. Plus, it also makes uh, it very clear what you believe. And uh, so hopefully this... I'm, uh... I would like the book very much. I'm actually just started reading the Old Testament, and um, and and just you know going through uh, what what uh, from the beginning. And yeah. right now I'm at where where uh, you know Joseph uh, um, is uh, Jacob just dies, and and that's where I'm at right now. So yeah. yes, I would be very interested. In, All right, good in for finding you. out how they. Yeah. About it. Hold on, please, and uh, we'll get your name and address, and we'll send you that. So just stay on hold, and my producer will get to you here in just a second. All right, 888-528-2557, Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever is on your mind. Anthony in uh, Pasadena, welcome to Southern California Live. Anthony, go ahead. Oh, sure. So um, uh, my question is, uh, it, it, or comment, it seems that... Um, Republicans often have an issue with the deficit and with Democratic administrations more than they do under Republican administrations. I was just looking up some facts during your show. I was very interested. I just noticed that it seems that, for instance, Trump, Trump said Trump had as much deficit in his four years as, say, for instance, Obama did in his eight years. And presidents like George W. exploded the deficit. And I don't remember... Republicans really speaking up against it during then. You know, it's uh, something that both both parties are doing it. There is no party that is somehow immune to criticism over this, and especially over the last twenty uh, something years. So uh, the you probably saw these statistics, but the national debt uh, doubled under President Bush. Now, th- the other thing to keep in mind is that presidents don't really spend the money; it's Congress. 
Okay, but Congress has also changed parties multiple times over the past 20 years. But if you if you take history and you just look at it through the lens of presidential administrations, it's kind of an easy way to, you know, to eyeball it. The debt went from around 5 trillion to 10 trillion during 8 years of George W. Bush. It went from 10 trillion to 20 trillion during 8 years of Obama and from 10 to from 20 to 30 in one term of Donald Trump and uh, it's going to head right to 40 or more um in uh this term uh, especially if it goes to 2028 if you keep that going we're just doubling every 8 years and it's out of control and it doesn't seem like the republicans or democrats are actually making a dent I think that's a great point that we're that that both are both parties are doing it hand in hand but i just feel in the during i'll be listening and i think everybody will be listening to see how it's how it's phrased uh, by our new leaders, our new leader in Congress, because um, I, I don't want to see the blame game happen. And I don't want to see Democrats blamed. And I don't think it's right that Republicans should be blamed. I think that, that we should be working hand in hand. And I think that that I think that's why sometimes Democrats may sound a little defensive during press conferences about this being used as a political football, because it often has. And I hope there's not a blame game. I hope they're honest about trying to fix the deficit. I think as long as we're just going to blame uh, one side or the other, it still just gets worse. And, you know, both sides are to blame. When you look at those numbers, you know, both sides are spending money. And even if Republicans can say, yeah, well, we cut this and that. And, you know, some of the Trump stuff was actually in his last year, the COVID stuff, that was a major part of it. Um, but it's still there. And that that's kind of the issue with that is that you don't know what's coming. You know, I got into terrible debt trouble, not because I openly had a lot. But because I had car trouble and I had student loans come due and it snowballed. And that's what happens at the federal government level, too. Suddenly you've got COVID. And should we have not done the payment protection plan? We probably should have you know, kept a better uh, control over it. But, you know, a lot of the things that were spent, we probably needed to. And uh, if what happens if we go to war, like a really big war? Well, we're going to have to spend it. You can't say, well, we're not going to go to war because uh, we got debt. That's the problem with debt is that you have it, and uh, when things happen to you, blaming the other side doesn't help you. So I appreciate that call, and I think we've got to, what we have to do as voters, we've got to say, whichever party you're in, okay, Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever you are, we need controls on the spending, and they're going to have to cut. That's the reason they don't do it, because cuts mean jobs, and cuts mean less, um, you know, um, resources and less public help and less of other stuff, but that's that's got to happen. Um, all right, I got to take a break. I got a bunch of calls. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'll get to your calls on Open Line Friday as the Friday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at two one three. 537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Open line Friday. 888-528-2557. We've got a bunch of calls. Last segment here, so let me get to the phone. Bronte, Bronte in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Um, one, uh, I'm kind of eclectic today a little bit, but uh, what I wanted to say, uh, let me lower my... Um, 
would you ever be able to extend your show? I, I just adore it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a podcast. So uh, if you go to the radio station website, look up our show or go to Spotify, look for Southern California Live. Check that out. Subscribe. And it's always there. Oh, okay. But I mean, can you ever extend your show like another hour? Like go to another third hour? Well, you know, that's possible, but uh, it's not happening right now. We do have some plans, though, for the future. We'll tell you about eventually. Oh, oh makes me yeah. happy. Yeah, I really I enjoy well, your you. show so much, and I, I'm very excited all the time. Uh, so anyway, um, my question, I'm a little eclectic here because there's so much I want to ask, but I yeah. know I can't take all your time up. But listen, um, I was going to ask you two things. One, about our, our church. Um, do you believe in demons? Yes. Okay. I, I never see our churches preach on that. And what I wanted to ask you, it's a very sensitive nature. Um, since I was in my 20s, maybe, um, I used to always get attacked by demons. Um, I didn't know at the time what they were, but I would be in bed, and I couldn't get up because my body would be in the uh, cru- the crucified position like Christ, and I could not get loose from it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, this, I, I know now, because I was Catholic at the time, but I know now it was the Spirit of God saying, uh, pray, uh, pray and sing. And I said, why? I, I don't know how to sing at all. And I just started praying the Hail Mary back then. And then I got released. Then my hands got released. My feet got released. Things like that. So lots of things have happened to me like that. And I won't go into detail. But um, now that I'm an older person, I have this problem that on Mondays and Saturdays, I am so tormented. It's not like mm. a bad Monday. It's yeah. not like a bad... Saturday. Well, let me. But this is. Can I give I you? Know I know you. You have a lot of stories going on there, and uh, we're, we don't have a lot of time, so I want to give you uh, some some input here. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, oh, um, you know, and there's a lot of people who will say a lot of different things. Okay, but one of the things that I think gets missed sometimes is that what we're told in the Bible is to put on the armor of God, okay, so you can stand against the devil's schemes. This is Ephesians 6, and I don't want you to think this is just, you know, some kind of silly thing to say, because verse 12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Are you with me there, Bronte? Yes, I am. Yeah. So as we read that, you know what that passage means? It means our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's what it means. Okay. So, but the the solution here is not to go out and try to figure out all this stuff or to to conjure up ways to deal with it outside of the scriptures. The solution, therefore, is the next word, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Um, and after you've done everything so to stand. Wanted, so what I want to ask you quickly, because I don't want to take all your time, is I, I do that. I do that every day, even before. And I just wanted to ask you, 
uh, is there anything else I can do? Because uh, I, I I do that, yeah. and it's still... Are you in a uh, church? Are you in a church? Pardon? Are you in a church? Do you go um, to church? Not, not, not right now. I, okay. I haven't found a new church, but... All right. What you need um, to do... Uh, uh, what, okay. I, what you need to do is you need to find a church where they believe the Bible is true, where they, my my view is where they don't come up with a whole bunch of stuff outside of the Bible to try to explain what's happening, but where people will pray with you and lay their hands on you and ask God to relieve this from you. And in the meantime, you okay. put on that, you put on that armor of God, every piece of it in in. Ephesians 6, and you do that every day, but you need to find a church where people will pray with you, and not where they're going to take advantage of you or or tell you, you know, a bunch of stuff that's not in the Scripture. You make sure it's in the Scripture, and that, and well, where people well, will see, pray for pastor, you. Well, Pastor, what I'm finding is a lot of pastors, and I know that's why I, you know, I really like you, because you are very open-minded. Many churches think you're crazy, they they don't believe in these things, and sometimes you might share it, and they look at you like, okay, you know, it's yeah, like well, I don't have no more time you know, for you, or you know, so yeah. that makes me uncomfortable. You know what you got to do is, you know, be open mind to maybe you're crazy, okay, and don't worry about that <laughs> because you're either crazy or there's something happening, right? Either yeah, either yeah. way, the scriptures teach that you can you can break through all that. So you know whatever's going on with you, all right. Get around people who will pray for you. Even if they think you're crazy, have them pray for you anyway. Okay? okay. And and okay. don't worry about that. And okay. ask God to deliver you from this, whatever it is. And put on that Can armor of God. Yeah, I'll pray for you right Can now. You yep. God, I pray okay. for Bronte. I pray for whatever is happening in her life that you would give her peace. I pray against the evil one and whatever the evil one is doing. We don't understand all of these things, but whatever is happening, God, I pray that you would give her deliverance from this, that she would have peace. I pray that you would lead her to a community of believers who will pray for her, who will build her up. And I pray that she would put on that armor of God and know what that means. And that you would protect her from these things, that she would turn her heart to you in every way and focus on Jesus Christ where her joy and her salvation and her freedom is. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Bronte, Thank thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. I got to go on to some other calls, Bronte. I appreciate that. You can call. We always do Open Line Friday. You can call me back. I'm running out of time here real quick. Uh, let's see here. Ch- uh, Oscar in San Gabriel. Welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, yeah. First, I want to say, uh, go Trump. Trump number one. Okay. And I uh, love your show. Hey, uh, I think uh, you're running out of time, right? Yeah, hey, running out of time. Yeah, Scott, I say I love your show. And uh, sometimes we disagree and agree, right? But, I mean, I completely... Well, that makes it a good show. You, yeah, well, I completely disagree to what you told the lady about the homosexual and uh, the two that got married. And uh, that uh, it's okay to accept them. No, this is absolutely completely wrong. You can do that. I mean, you cannot put a rotten fruit with the good fruits. And yeah, Jesus did preach to the prostitute and so many things he did, but he was an amazing, uh, he was God. I mean, but for us yeah. to do something like that, you're risking your family. Well, I didn't, I didn't say she should, uh, I didn't say she should agree with it or, um, you know, accept it, but I don't think that she should abandon her loved one 
because of no, the sin in their life. The way the way we do it at church, and I, I preach also on the streets and everything, right? Okay, you preach the gospel. If she changed, someone that does cocaine, okay, you change, okay. So let's bring him out to the family, okay? But you have to show fruits of our repentance. And but if they, he goes over there, or he or she or whatever transgender, you know, right now it's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it, it could end up perverting that the other members of the family and start teaching. You know, it's okay to become you because you know the the, the, the devil is amazing how he is work how it is working on this on these people, and they just go to pervert and destroy and to convert. Uh, to what they are. I mean, yeah, so the, for now they will say, yeah, you know, so and so, but you really have to keep high. And the best, the best I mean, it's like from far away, okay, yes, high, bye, and, and that's it. But I mean, that's, it, that's the type of life they chose. I mean, that so they live it like that. I mean, but I mean, completely uh, cannot be with members of the family because it's going to bring disgrace to their family, to kids, and little by little, it's like a snake, you know, just like... Well, you know, I with, think, I, I know where you're coming from, Oscar, and like I mentioned to her, there's always nuance. There's different, you know, there's situations that we don't understand. You know, I don't know who else is in her family. I don't know if there's any kids. I don't know what these guys are like. But, you know, the... all I say is like, it's fine. OK, to comprehend them. But OK, you're, you're your side completely aside. I mean, it's like like someone that does cocaine. I mean, they do it quietly. And sometimes they even bring it to them. All the members of the home, they contaminate. So yeah, but you can tell them not to bring it to your house for Christmas. And you can say you're not coming over if you're going to do that in my house. You can set up rules like that without saying I'm not going to have a relationship with you. I mean, just to high by, but I mean, that, that's fine. But I mean, try to keep as much as possible away because it's a disease, right? I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, Dave. I mean, for I sure, I, I, I'm all, I'm only have like 30 seconds left. So thank you for your call, Oscar. And for sure, uh, you know, you got to be careful these days. But uh, we also want to make sure that we love. I think that's why we got to get stronger in our faith, because you're right. There are there are things that uh, could affect us. And um, but that's why you get strong in your faith. Ted from L.A., I'm going to say hi, but then I'm going to say bye. Thanks for calling because we have three seconds left. But have a good weekend, buddy. All right. Uh, Ted's gone. All right, everybody. Thank you for calling Southern California Live. We're on every day from three to five. I'm Scott Furrow. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday from three to five. God bless. Have a good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.